Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another episode of the Crazy for Disney podcast. Now, I know I promised we'd be live this weekend, but once again, I forgot that we were celebrating our anniversary early. So Danny and I went away this weekend and we were unable to do a live podcast. But what I do have for you is our fourth interview from our American Cancer Society telethon. Uh, Today's interview is going to be Jimmy Horn and Lisa. I'm going to... I'm gonna, I know I'm going to beat up your last name. It's Lisa Diachi. Let's go with Lisa Diachi. It's probably wrong. You can yell at me later. Uh, but they're from the Disney Nerds podcast. And I don't have a lot of free time. Between running 12 Disney groups and doing the podcast and all the other nonsense I'm up to, I don't really have a lot of free time to do a lot of other stuff. But I have listened to a number of other podcasts. And two that kind of stick out to me are the Behind the Ears podcast with uh, Mr. Chris and cousin Danny. And then the other one is the Disney nerds podcast. And they're always kind of like, they, they feel like they're not as scripted and they're just uh, more just kind of talking from the cuff and they're very informative and very entertaining. So those are two shows that really stuck with me. So I asked Jimmy and his co-host Lisa to come on and uh, do a segment for the American cancer society. So uh, without further ado, here is the interview with Jimmy and Lisa from the Disney nerds podcast. How you doing, Jimmy? What's up, man? How are you? Yes, it was. I'm not doing too bad. Let me just kind of configure this uh, Be Live thing so we don't all look stretched out. All right, that looks good. And uh, Lisa, how are you doing? Just to, just to let you know, Rudy, as much as I love Lisa and I love Lisa to death, she is, in fact, not my wife. <laughs> I thought you told me it was your wife, Lisa. I said my co-host, Lisa. I mean, oh, boy, now I'm in trouble. No, you're not in trouble. I mean... <laughs> Lisa, I can't hear you. Um, if I ever, if me and my wife, if my wife ever left me, I may consider marrying Lisa. <laughs> oh, there you got a backup plan, right? Go. I do no. the same thing with Danielle. I've got <laughs> a, like a couple a... different women in the waiting in the wings in case something happens to her. I just move on to the next one. You never know what might happen. All right, let's get. Uh, I feel bad because we were supposed to have. Um, Rudy Davani on, and we just could not get it working. So I'm glad you guys were able to make it on without any issue. So you can hear me now, Jimmy? I can hear you now. Did the, did the volume not work? 
the volume knob was fine. That's what I always tell with Danielle. Like, if she's having problems with the remote, and like, did you hit the power button? Yes. Breaking up the obvious stuff. Well, Jimmy Horn is, oh, Jimmy Horn and Lisa are both from the Disney Nerds podcast, who I'm a big fan of. A uh, few podcasts that I listen to just because we have one and we don't have a lot of time. So I've listened to a bunch to kind of get a feel of them. And there's only two that really stuck with me. And the two are the Disney Nerds and behind the ears so jimmy you guys do a great job over there thank you man we've been doing it for about five years now we've been doing a live stream probably for about a year and a half lisa yeah a year and a half year and a half now uh but the podcast are you guys sorry you did the live stream what's that are you guys sorry that you went to video and you didn't just stay with audio no and you know we do and it's completely separate it's like two separate things so we do it a little bit differently than i know danny and uh uncle danny mr chris they pretty much, their live stream is their podcast. They pull the audio from that and put it out. Ours is two completely different shows. Our live, the live stream is very more uh, interactive and it's more about just chatting with people in the, in the room watching where the podcast is more, uh, you know, just usually three or four of us talking or interviewing someone. Um, just recently, uh, it, the show isn't even out yet, but just recently I interviewed, um, Miss Carol Stein, who's the piano player at the Rosen Crown. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. Well, what, why don't you get the word out where people can find you? Lisa? Certainly. Uh, so the live show, bear, my, uh, bear with me as my voice is a little hoarse today. <clears throat> Our live show is at the Disney Nerds podcast Facebook page every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. And like Jimmy said, we've been doing that for about a year and a half now. The podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, at our website, www.thedisneynerdspodcast.com, uh, and just about any other uh, podcast streaming uh, area, you could find us out in the universe there. Well, that's the funny thing is when we first started doing a podcast, we were like, well, we just put it on this one thing and everybody hears you. Then you find out there's like 15 different podcast areas to get your name out. Boy, what a pain it is. Right. And Jimmy was sorry, you know, you had asked Jimmy the question is, is do we regret going live? We find that it's almost uh, two different audiences. I think a lot of our, our podcast listeners don't always listen to watch the live show. And a lot of our live show listeners don't often listen to the podcast unless they're traveling. So it's a, uh, it's a great cross section of people. Yeah, you almost have to offer both up. I just enjoy doing the podcast a little bit more because there's no preparation for it as far as I don't have to shine my head or make sure, you know, my face looks right or, you know, the lighting. The lighting drives me nuts because you can't tell, but I'm actually semi-tan right now. And this lighting <laughs> makes me look like I'm powder, you know, I'm like bright and I look white like I'm in the, in the dark background. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the challenge with the live show. And then we've gone through, I've gone through like four different mics and, and trying to get my audio right and then getting a mixer and doing some background music. And there is a lot to it. And look at with a, with a podcast, you can edit Jimmy out way more than you can with a live show. Yeah. We don't do any editing. We, uh, we just kind of go with what we've got because we are technically challenged and we're lazy. So with that mixture, you record and you just go with it. <laughs> you don't want to do any, you guys do a phenomenal job. I know Jimmy, you with your uh, green screen and stuff looks awesome, but, Boy, we're just so lazy over here. Well, the the green screen was born out of necessity, and it's just because I just don't have a good place to live stream. If without the green screen, you would see my bed. So, 
you know, so I just didn't have a really good area set up with a nice, with a decent backdrop that I could, that I could record that we could do the live stream weekly. So. And I know what you're talking about because I used to have this area open as well. So you would like see my kids playing in the background or, you know, my wife would come down and give me dirty looks or something. So I did kind of create this area out of necessity as well because I wanted to have like an enclosed feel where I kind of felt like I was away from the rest of the world. So that's very cool. Um, let's talk some Disney. Now, we just discussed Strawgate, and it seemed like Jimmy wanted to bring that up again. Oh, really? What were your feelings about going to the paper straws, Jimmy? I really don't care. I think it's, I think, <laughs> I think it's a big. I, I, it's, it's big. Such every time they change anything, it seems like the Disney community's heads just explode. Um, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I think that's such a. I think there's so many other things you could probably complain about. Straws is like the least thing. If I'm not worried about it, I'd bring a straw. You know, bring a reusable straw with me. Yeah, I'm all, have you heard anything about that? Are they actually allowing you to bring straws in the park? Or are they just saying like that's just it, paper straws, and you're done? Well, I don't think they can stop you. I don't think they would stop you from bringing like just a hard plastic reusable straw. They still, and I think they're still going to sell the Mickey straws, which are considered. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. They're considered and, reusable. And, 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 yeah, they'll jack up the price and then, you know, tell people to use those. Yep. Uh, well, let's talk about those Mickey straws for a second. Those things are almost impossible to use anyway because the opening is about the They're smallest so thing I've seen in my thin. life. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten a couple headaches from those. It's, it's, hard to put them, it's hard to put them in a cup with the lid because of the way the Mickey folds, you know, it doesn't go far enough down in the cup. Now, have you been to Toy Story Land yet? I have not. Um, one of our... Uh, podcast co-host Sam got to go down for the media event. We did a lot of coverage on the Disney Nurse podcast page, um, but I have not personally. I'll be there in about 30. 30 days, right? Yeah, getting close to 30. Maybe it may be 30 days. That's 32 days. So you're going to beat me by a little bit. Now, based on what you've seen, and there's been tons of coverage and videos and everything, what is your feeling about Toy Story Land? Do you are you excited about it? Is there stuff that you're let down about? How do you feel about the overall Toy Story experience? I think the biggest thing is I think the biggest thing that bothers me is kind of the lack of shade. Yeah, that's big. Um, as far as the rides, you know, I they both look fun. I've heard nothing but good things about Slinky Dog Dash. I've yet to watch a full video of it because I'm trying to uh, avoid it on purpose, and I don't well, always. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't do that with every attraction, but that's one. Like a roller coaster, I think there's a, I think there's a, I think it's better for the first time you experience if you don't really know what to expect. Um, so, uh, the other one, I mean, the alien saucers or whatever it is, is you know, it's 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 a cool idea. Um, so the the food options look great there. Yeah, how it's got it's got uh, grilled cheese. Yeah, I mean, how how much has how much has the food at Disney improved over the past ten years? You know, I love not only do I love the food, and you know, I know you and cousin Danny were giving me a little bit of a hard time that I have like simple taste buds, but I love those like real simple offerings they have, and the fact that they kind of change it up every now and again. Now it's not always the same thing every time you go to the park. Do you agree with that? Do you like the fact that they're changing things up, or do you get mad when they remove something? Oh no, I like I like the rotating menus. Um removed. Turn around, Jimmy, and tell me what's on that menu. Yeah, that's true. I, I was kind of upset when they got rid of the barbecue slaw dog at Casey's because it was my favorite thing. Uh, so I guess if it affects you personally, you're gonna be a little more upset by it. You know, if they take away one of your favorites, but I I, I still go to Casey's. I still love it, and I just get something else. 
Yeah, my wife was uh, like devastated when they got nine. rid of the, the mac and cheese with um the pot roast mac and cheese. Pot roast at Friar's Nook. Friar's Nook. Like she it's still fun. goes to bed at night crying sometimes. It was so it. good. It was like my favorite. Ugh. You know, they but have, again, uh, it's not gonna stop us from going there either. You have right. a uh, uh, mac and cheese with brisket at the plaza. Yes, they do. Ah, we'll have to try that. We we found um, Eat Spoon in Animal Kingdom, which is right across from uh, Flame Tree. And they have great, I mean, it's different, but it's really, really good mac and cheese. And they had like different um, toppings and stuff. So that was a good substitute. If you've never been to the plaza, I highly recommend it. We haven't been there in years. We went once back in 2012, I believe. And, um, it's not that we didn't like it or anything. It just seems like we're like creatures of habit. So if we find one place we like, we just keep going there over and over yeah. and over again. And we've tried probably 90% of Disney's restaurants. And uh, those other 10% just seem to elude us. Yeah, but we I think that we need to start circling back to a few places. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Now, uh, Lisa, what did you think about Toy Story Land? Uh, I 47 days away from my trip. So I have not. Uh, I have not experienced it yet, but here's what I'll say, which is probably the antithesis of what Disney wants to hear. I'm still liking that it's died down, that it's not like Pandora. That when I you know I made a I made a big deal about that. Like when it first uh, when it first opened, obviously you had four hour lines for Slinky Dog, and the Alien Saucer Spin was an hour and a half or two hours. But I said, you know, if these aren't quality rides, if these aren't like upper echelon rides, you're going to see those times die down. And and not only is it, I think, because of the rides, but like Jimmy said, there's no shade. So people are like burning up yeah. waiting for these rides. So, so like really, it took seven days, not even. It took seven days for Dog Dash to really max out at 70 minutes. Yeah, you so, know what the amazing thing is? Do you still go and look at Animal Kingdom to see Flights of Passage and Navi River? I they double and triple their times. I just I posted on Instagram yesterday. I look at wait times all the time, and yes. So so this morning when I was looking at wait times, because yes, I'm 47 days away, so of course I'm looking at wait times. And it was 60 minutes for Slinky Dog Dash, 35 minutes for Alien Saucer, 160 minutes for Flight of Passage. And this is my problem I have with Toy Story Land, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree is it lacks imagination. Like, I love the actual atmosphere of it. Obviously, you know, all the, the larger-than-life toys and all that stuff. But the rides themselves are, like, just rides you can find anywhere else with a paint job on it. Whereas, uh, like, the mine carts. Mine carts is another simple roller coaster like Slinky Dog, but they included that dark ride scene where you get to see the seven dwarfs, and that made it Disney. This Slinky Dog and this Alien Saucer Spin does nothing for me to make it feel like a Disney ride. I'd well, love to hear what you have to say after you experience it, after you experience the land, because I agree with you that the attractions might be a little bit more the generic amusement park, but I think the land itself is captivating its theme. That's exactly what I've said to him, Lisa. I think it's hard to really form an opinion until you actually go and experience it. Right. Well, I will say I am excited for the land. Definitely excited for the land. And I know I'll love Slinky Dog just because I love a roller coaster. The one that got me the most was Alien Saucer Spin. And everybody's argument was, well, Disney wanted something for kids. And that's fine. I love kiddie rides. Believe me, I'm old now. I don't want to kill myself on somebody's roller coasters. My issue was, was they've come up with three lands in the, in the past six years. You've had the new Fantasyland, you've got Toy Story Land, and 
Pandora. Now, each of these lands both had a thrill ride and a kiddie ride. But those kiddie rides weren't like your run-of-the-mill kiddie rides. You had, uh, you know, the aerial ride, which tells like the whole story of the movie. And then over at uh, Pandora, you've got the Navi River, which, believe me, is not exciting and it's not very long, but it's gorgeous. You know, it's a little bit more innovative. But then you've right. got alien sculpture spin, and you're basically just spinning around outside, and uh, there, there's nothing else to it. Kind of uh, reminiscent of uh, Dino Land. And, and that's oh. one of my least favorite places at Disney is Dino Land. Yeah, because it's, it's like a cheesy, you know, county fair that's, you know. It is. Although we have found that we really like Primeval's Whirl now. It's yeah, it's a fun, fun ride. Yeah. It's, it's just not like one I, like, have to No, it's on. not, but we found that we really enjoy that ride, which we never even went on for I, years. I, I, you know, I kind of agree with Rudy, though. It's like, when you think just classic Disney ride, it just doesn't it's, fit. It's not one of them. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, which, you know, if it were almost any other franchise, I could almost forgive it. Like, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's a fun little area. But I mean, Toy Story has four like iconic movies to pick from. They could have made like a real legit dark ride that told the story, you know, Andy from beginning to end. And instead we get this, you know, rehash of Mater's spin from Disneyland with a paint job. And, and to me, that's just like them rushing. I know they have attendance issues in Hollywood, so they're probably trying to get it open early. But, you know, use something else to do it. Don't don't take away from the story of Toy Story Land just to throw something up there quick. Yeah. Now, is there, a, is there, from what I understand, and don't quote me on it, there's a footprint for another attraction? Boy, I would assume there would be. I mean, they probably want to get these lands open quick. You know, they've got Toy Story now, then they'll be throwing open Star Wars, which I'm, like, beyond excited Ooh. for. And then they can take their time opening up something else in Toy Story Land because, I mean, let's face it. Star Wars Land is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> You're, yes, it is. No, they'll have people sleeping in their cars to, for you know opening day. They'll yeah, be sleeping in their cars in the parking lot to get there. Yeah. I mean, how do you think they're going to do the crowd control on that? I mean, I know we went to Pandora for the uh, the AP preview, and then we saw what it was like when they actually opened it for real, and like the the hours and hours of wait just to get into the land before you even got to go on a ride was ridiculous and. Nobody really, I shouldn't say nobody cares about Avatar, but that's definitely like, you know, a full step down away from Star Wars. So, I mean, when this land opens up, what do you think they're going to do to control the crowds for that? I don't, I don't know. I think <laughs> they're going to have to manage it from the gate. They're going to have to have corrals going down the main drag and just managing it from the gate. So you're saying that they're going to keep people out of Hollywood altogether and just trickle them in to get the, even get to our uh, Star Wars land? That would be my guess. That would probably be my guess. Now, of all the things coming up at Disneyland, we know there's a lot of stuff coming up. We got the gondolas, the Mickey Mouse ride, Star Wars Land, uh, the new restaurant. Is there one thing that you guys are most excited for? Um, I, you know, I'm excited for the revamp, and this hasn't been talked about a lot, but it's going to happen. I'm excited for the revamp of Epcot, in front of Epcot. Yeah, I mean. How do you think they're going to go about that? I mean, it's going to have to be in stages, obviously. So, I mean, how much do you think they're actually going to get everything open in time for what's it supposed to be the uh, the 40th anniversary? 50th. 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 My uh, bad. I mean, do you think they're going to get that whole thing ready to go within that that time span? I think so. I think it, I think the whole front of Epcot is going to get tore up. Well, they're talking about putting that hotel in the front as well, which uh, should be interesting. 
And I love that. I love the on-property hotels. I think that's like the best idea they have. And, you know, they're doing the one for Star Wars, which none of us will probably be able to afford to stay at because I can't imagine what they're going to charge for it. Be a, I'm sure it's going to be a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. But having that way, you can just you stay right there at the front entrance of Epcot. We know the big tombstones are going to go away, whatever, they, they leave a legacy of things. Um, it looks, I mean, based upon the concept art, it looks like the Fountain of Nations is going to be gone. I mean, that whole area is just going to be completely different than what the way we know it today. So you're more of like a progressive Disney fan. You welcome the change. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I enjoy the change. Epcot needs it. The front of Epcot needs it badly. Yeah, um, without a doubt. And I love the World Showcase, and I, I love when they add things there. But it doesn't need it doesn't need the the, the update like the front does. And there's changes going on at, in the back in, in World Showcase. You've got Ratatouille coming in. You've got the new gondola station coming in. The International Gateway is going to be all all ripped up as well. I think they're probably going to try to wrap that up before they even start tearing up the front entrance. They probably try to reduce the, the traffic flow coming into the park at both entrances. Well, I mean, that's the one advantage they have is that they actually have traffic coming in from two areas. Right. So they do be able, they are able to split up that crowd coming in. And I know Danielle's favorite is world showcase. And uh, we, we do spend a lot of time over in that area because we are big foodies and we are big drinkers. So uh, <laughs> we do enjoy that area quite a bit. And, yeah, you guys are right. Like, when you start working your way to the under the other end of the park, you've got Test Track and you've got Soaring. And then that's about you know, it. you can punch other garbage. Yeah, there's, not, there's really not a lot there. I could spend all day in the World Showcase, but that's because yeah. there's, I don't feel like there's that much else in Epcot right now. Yeah, I mean, you got two empty interventions buildings. Um, yes, a lot of empty buildings. Yep. So I'd like to, I, I would imagine they're going to do something eventually with Wonders of Life the Wonders of Life building. Um, but, man, just looking at the grand scheme of things, and so Ratatouille is the number one theme park attraction in Disneyland, France, hmm. and bringing that here. Um, Tron, legit ride. Tron is the number one theme park attraction at Shanghai. Right. They're bringing that here. Can't so get the nail on the head. I have to ask you guys, uh, that this is a, a big sticking point with me as well. Uh, you look at some of these rides and attractions that are overseas, and we all know that these parks are all underperforming. They've got, like, the A-list rides over there, and a lot of times we don't get a lot over here in Disney World, and, and Disney World is their cash cow. Does it bother you that so much money gets sent over there to kind of fix those parks up, and then we kind of get, like, Alien Saucer spin? Uh you know, I've never really thought about it. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I think when they look at that on a grand scheme of things, it's not, they're not taken from Peter to pay Paul. I don't think that's the way it works. I think their, I think their, their budget for those other parks, Disney's got a lot of money. It's not like they need to take money from Walt Disney World to bring it overseas. If they want to make improvements to Walt Disney World, they've got the money to do it. Um, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, but I mean, look, the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. It's going to be incredible. Um, you know, Tron's coming. That's going to be incredible. Ratatouille's coming. That's going to be incredible. Then you get Star Wars land. Believe me, they're, they're dumping a lot of cash right now in the park. So they're, they're making huge investments into, into Walt Disney World right now. And it's been needing it for a while. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they kind of sat on their rear ends for a while while Universal built up. And, you know, then they, they pulled ahead of Universal. You know, now they're... Which, it's interesting that Universal's got things coming down the pike as well that they need to keep ahead of them, without a doubt. 
that's an interesting thing. Uh, I don't, I've never been to Universal. I'm sure I would enjoy it if I went. Um, it usually just comes down to cost for us because it's so expensive to, it's expensive enough to go to Disney, but you know, for us, it's an, we have annual passes at Disney. So add another day at Disney doesn't cost anything where if I add four tickets to Universal, it's like 600 bucks, 800 bucks. Right. Um, That's the dilemma we have right now is, uh, we have avoided, I, I went there when I was like 25, which is like 150 years ago. And I did enjoy it because I do like the thrilling rides or whatever. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, so I could care less about that. That being said, our daughter was just introduced to Harry Potter a couple weeks ago, and now she's like over the moon we're about it. We're in the it. middle of watching the movies. And she's so like, it looks Bats. like November we're going to be dropping some cash at Universal, which kills me. Well, you know, I, I, think, I think the kicker there is because Universal works just like Disney does. The longer you stay, the longer you stay, uh, I'm laughing at Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, the longer you stay, the cheaper it is. So I think it, I think the right way to approach it is if you're gonna do a Universal trip, do a Universal trip. Don't try right. and don't do a Disney trip and try and add Universal in. Just go spend a go spend three four days at Universal and really take advantage of everything they have to offer. But you know, even at, I've never been, but I'm glad they're there because without them, there's nothing to push Disney. But I'm like such a Disney fan that it almost feels like. You can't go to Florida without going to Disney. Like people will say, oh, when you get down here, will you go meet me at my hotel or you go hang out here? I'm like, no, I'm going to be at Disney. If you want to <laughs> see me, go meet me at Disney. Like this, even the thought of going to Universal or going somewhere else like kills me that I won't have time at Disney World. Yeah, you know, you'll see, first of all, I think with your daughter, because we just did this on our last trip in November. My oldest uh, is 13 and wanted to go to Harry Potter. So they just did a day, and they just did Harry Potter. They got the two-park ticket, and they did it in a day, and they did all the Harry Potter attractions. So that's Do you know what they spent? Sure. If I check, <laughs> if I check my credit card report, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look at that. It's like one thirty a day, isn't it? No, the well, one, a one-day park-to-park ticket's about one eighty. Yeah, I mean. Yikes. That kills you when you know that I can go 365 days a year to Disney with my annual pass. Right. Why do I want to bring a family of three or four and spend, you know, $800 for one day at a different park? No, I see what you're saying. I do. I need to have my daughter get a job, but she's only eight. <laughs> that's, that's the downside. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. What do you guys think about that new restaurant coming into Epcot? Do you think it's even necessary? Um, I do. I think, I mean, look, there's most of the great dining is in Epcot, but Future World lacks it bad. I mean, you got the Coral Reef and that's it. And I like the Coral Reef, but I mean, that's really all you've got up in the front. And the Coral yeah, I mean, Reef is not a big, it's not a big restaurant. No. You can't fit a lot of people in the Coral Reef. <clears throat> that's true. Right. I mean, my biggest concern was it was like, I, I like the idea of the space theme restaurant. I like the idea that it's at the other end of the park where you don't have to go over to World Showcase to find a restaurant. My only issue is that I think Magic Kingdom needs a restaurant before Epcot needs another one. Do you? Yeah, I mean, boy, I'm not a big fan of many things. I think we talked about this in the Behind the Years podcast. I'm not a big fan of what they have to offer at Magic Kingdom itself. I mean, I love all the restaurants around the monorail, but when you're actually in the park, I mean, we do be our guests for, like, breakfast, but other than that, we just do the quick serves. I, I would highly recommend, I said it earlier, go back to the plaza. Oh, and you also said at the other podcast that you love... Um, Skipper. Oh, man. It's yeah, we haven't even been there yet. Fantastic. Oh, so good. 
what would you recommend at the Skipper's Canteen? Rudy probably won't like it because everything there has flavor. <laughs> yeah, that, that throws me off. If you throw a spice in there or, like, throw a, an odd ingredient, no. I'm out of there. We just want, like, a plain cheeseburger or a filet. That, those are, like, the two. Absolutely the same way. The steak salad there is really good. And the um, – it tastes like chicken because it is. Right. That's so, the name, that's the name of the dish. The name of it. We've seen. I've well, seen the menu. They also, don't they also have like that fish dish that's like still got the fish's head on it? Yeah, and that's not for me. No. <laughs> so just don't order that. They, they, ordered it. Have, uh, they also have a pork dish. At one time, it was pork belly. Pork belly, and it was delicious. Mm. Really. Yeah. I mean, a pork belly. Have you ever had pork belly? No. I have. It's really you know, good. You go during food and wine. They're in the Brazil booth. They have a pork belly. Man, it's like a big, thick piece of bacon. Yeah. Good stuff. Delicious. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we love food. That's that's our biggest thing now is, like, we've progressed as we've done Disney. Like, before when we first started going, it was, like, run a mile a minute to try to get to every, every ride you could get onto and every show you get onto. And then we started cutting back our days. Now we're more like grazers. So we graze a little bit. We do a few rides. We get some food. Um, if we don't have our kids, we've actually had days where we've missed rides all together. Yeah, we just walk around and <laughs> just had a few drinks and, and kind of hung out, which is which is fun. It's a different way to experience Disney. Do you guys ever do that at all? The way, the way me and my wife experience Disney, especially when we don't have the kids with, and my kids are 18, about to be 19 and 17. Um, but when it's just me and my wife, I mean, we usually start out a start out somewhere at a park doing some rides and stuff, hitting some fast passes, that stuff, grabbing some lunch. About five o'clock, I'm going to World Showcase. And I'm going to walk around World Showcase. I'm getting the beer and we're going to walk around and just hang out, people watch, just relax and enjoy the atmosphere. That's like my dream Disney vacation right there. (laughs) Well, I mentioned earlier that I'm actually doing a solo trip for the first time in my life. And, uh, I'm just going to go and try to experience things that I haven't experienced as what we've gone as a family. Uh, we've, we've, I've got the, um, the pass holder preview, I guess it's called for toy story land. Uh, I'm going to do moonlight magic. I'm thinking about going over to typhoon lagoon cause I haven't been there in about 20 years. So I'm going to take this trip to kind of experience things that we don't normally experience as a family. Do man, do all the little off the beaten path things that you just you normally skip over. That's yeah. it. Like you don't have a park map anymore because you've always because you've always you don't need a park map. You could just, you are the park map. You know where everything is. Grab a yeah, time, without a doubt. Grab a times guide and go through and go. Oh, I've never seen that person. I don't even know who that is. And then try to get to a show because that's something that I've done when I've. Yeah. You could spend yeah. you could spend like a day in World Showcase just going country to country and watching all the little like the you know the acrobat the acrobat in France and the mime in Italy and you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, British Revolution. You can do all of each country and just go watch all those different people. Go see uh, the piano lady and the Rosen Crown. Go sing a song. Yeah, the, the sad part about that is, is we've experienced just about everything there is to experience the World Showcase, except for the American Pavilion. Really? Yeah, and don't ask me why. I have we no idea. We, yeah, we but... ate a burger there, but we we never actually went in and and checked out the different exhibits and stuff they have going on. You've never seen the show. No. The oh. American Adventure is amazing. You'll cry. Well, That's there's a couple things in Disney that 
like there's no real reason why we skipped it. Like the last thing we did was the uh, the bird show at Animal Kingdom. Oh, it's great. And that was one of those things where like whenever it was time to to have a new show, we weren't in the area. And then when we were in the area, it was like halfway through, so we didn't feel like waiting. So we actually did that last trip, and we loved it. Yeah. It's great. These yeah. These aren't like things we don't want to do. It's just things we just never got around to. Man, yeah. if you go, go into the American Adventure, go. Go see, and uh, Mary said, "Missing the singers, which is the Voices of Liberty." Go right. in the t- in the go sit on the floor. They'll tell you that's the best place to listen because they're underneath the dome, and listen to them sing a cappella, and they sing, and then right when they're done singing, that you you walk on you walk into the theater, and that, it has more and probably the best animatronics than any. There's got to be a hundred different animatronics on that thing, and they come up like you don't see them all at once. There's, they rotate from underneath the stage. Right. It's the whole story of America. I promise you, you'll you'll be you. I don't know if you're a crier. I'm a crier. Uh, but I do. You, I just stuff does choke me up at times. Yeah, you'll be you'll be misty-eyed at this. I promise you. Now, look, my wife and my daughter can't make it through this show without sleeping. <laughs> That's and me. Carousel progress. I get mad at him every time. Sign for carousel progress. I pass out right on the walkway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you've never seen it, you will enjoy. I promise you, Rudy, you'll enjoy it. Go, go see the Voices of Liberty. You'll immediately be a fan of the Voices of Liberty, and they just do all these acapella Americana songs. Yeah. And then go see the go see. Go see the show, man. I promise you, you won't regret it. We'll have to make it a point next time we go. But we've we've run out of time, guys. I do have. I've been I've been asking a question for my daughter every time for every guest. So, her question for you was, "What's your favorite Disney movie?" Uh, Beauty and the Beast. The live action or the old one? The, the original animated. Original. What about you, Lisa? Tangled. Really? Tangled. That's one of my we favorites too. One. I like the. Uh, and the one thing I love about the newer Disney movies is they, they've done a really good job of incorporating adultish humor into it. So it kind of oh. goes over the kids' heads, but the adults enjoy it. Did you see Incredibles 2? I loved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 that movie seemed like it was made for adults, really. I mean, you know, it, it was really good. But it's smart humor. It's, it's not like over the top, and it's nothing that kids are going to get offended by. So it's, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, be, before we go, though, get your social media stuff out there again, because I really appreciate you guys coming on. We appreciate you guys having us. It's been fun. Um, Disney Nerds, uh, we have a group called Disney Nerds on uh, on Facebook. We have the Disney Nerds Podcast Facebook page, Twitter at the Disney Nerds, Instagram at the Disney Nerds Podcast. And awesome, all- guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. For having us. And, uh, Jimmy, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Uh, it seems like we got a little, like, a little pack going between Disney Nerds, uh, the behind the ears, and Crazy for Disney. Yep, sounds good. Look forward to seeing you. Hey, hey, Courtney. All right, you guys have a great day. All right, Bye you guys. So that was Jimmy and Lisa from the Disney Nerds podcast. Make sure you get over there and check those guys out. I left the link up so you guys could find it easily, but as I mentioned, it's www.thedisneynerdspodcast.com. They're really great, very entertaining, very informative. Uh, I guess I need to go over to the American Pavilion in September to make sure I catch that show. It drives me crazy that I haven't seen that. <laughs> I hate missing things. And like I said during the interview, there's no real reason why I missed it. It's just uh, maybe I'm lazy. I don't know. Maybe I didn't want to sit that long. But I will check that out for sure. Get over and check those guys out. Uh, our next interview will be with the Fitz, Fitz Kohler. 
I will try to post that tomorrow or the next day. Uh, I've been trying to do these interviews every other day. So you guys get a little break from my voice because you know, you don't want too much of that. And then Danny and I will, we will get on here live this week. I can't tell you what day, but we will definitely do it. It's just been very hectic for us. So uh, these interviews have been a nice little break so that we can uh, catch our breath. We have a lot of between tomorrow's our actual anniversary. So we're, we're doing a nice dinner for our anniversary and then, uh, next weekend we're throwing a party for our anniversary, and last weekend we went away for our anniversary. So it's a uh, it's been anniversary palooza this week, but we will get on live for sure. Uh, make sure you get over and click on our link for the American Cancer Society. That is up as well. We will be taking donations for the entire month of September. We will also be giving stuff away the entire month of September. So if you can spare a few dollars, get in there and donate. We've got a ton of prizes to give away. We've got lithographs, we've got bags, purses, uh, some of the stuff that's been given away already. We're doing about two winners every day. So uh, get in there. Not only can you help a worthy charity, but maybe you could win something, which is always good. It's always, it's always good to win something. So, yeah, we will talk to you guys again soon. And don't forget, we will have the Fitz. Fitz Kohler will be on uh, either tomorrow or the next day. So look out for that. Take it easy, guys.